Every company has breakdowns in their revenue process. Sure thing deals slip into next quarter, competitors creep in and swipe deals away at the last minute, and deals getting single threaded that don't get to power. These are just a few examples of revenue leak, but there are a ton more, and they're preventing your team from reaching their sales targets. That's why I'm such a big fan of Clary's revenue platform. It's the only tool that actually helps leaders take control of their revenue and thrive through any market conditions, especially when things get tough. You can't afford to miss a single detail, but you also can't be leading by gut. Clary combines the science and the art of sales and sales leadership. So go to Clary.com if you want to answer the most important question in your business. Are you going to meet, beat, or miss on revenue? Welcome to the Live Better, Sell Better podcast with your host, Kevin Dorsey of Inside Sales Excellence, the number one Patreon group and YouTube channel for tech sellers and tech sales leaders, where we dive in deep for tactical advice on how to book more meetings, close more deals faster, and lead sales teams to success. But we don't stop there. We also focus on the person in salesperson. We talk about mindset, goals, time management, and so much more. So thank you for listening. And if you're interested, head on over to patreon.com slash inside sales excellence. Now with that, grab a notepad, get ready, and let's dive into the good stuff. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Live Better, Sell Better podcast. This is your host, Kevin Dorsey, a.k.a. KD. And today we're going to be talking about good to great. In fact, we're going to be talking about good to extraordinary, maybe even good to superb. And if I could think of one more word, I would. But at the end of the day, everyone wants to be great, but the greats do things differently. And that is what we are focusing the topic on today is what is it the greats do differently? How do they speak differently, plan differently, act differently, take care of themselves differently that leads to greatness, which is why I'm so excited to have Chet Lovegren on the show today, a.k.a. the sales doctor. He's leading the sales dev org over at Jelly Smack. You've seen him all over LinkedIn for sure. But we're going to talk about what it takes to be great. What do you have to do in order to cross that threshold between good, great, and amazing? And we're going to dive in here. Chet, my man, welcome to the show. Thanks, Katie. Stoked to be here. This is, uh, this is a topic that I'm pretty passionate about and so excited to, excited to have a conversation. That's what I love. And what I love about it is we're actually going to talk how, how to do it. Because as you know, you're on LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn. There's always all this like fodder, right? There's always this like, oh, like, you know believe in yourself or be more disciplined or be self-confident, right? And we always talk about these states of being without talking about well, what does it mean to do that, right? So when you talk about good to great, what's the difference? Let's even start there. What's the difference between being good at something and being great at something? Yeah, that's a great question. I think um, I take it back to the old Jerry Rice quote, I'm going to do what others won't so I can accomplish what others can't. So when you mm-hmm. look at your cohorts, when you look at the people around you, even when you look up to, you know, three years ago, there were some people that I looked up to that I think in my career, I've surpassed them, you know, to where I'm at now going from individual contributor to manager to director to now head of my department that I'm at. Right. And so I, I think that's a big, that's a big measurement. Right. And people talk about, oh, don't compare yourself to others, but Hey, if you're in sales, 
what are you seeing on the leaderboard every week, at the end of the month? You're seeing where you're at in relation to everybody else. And yeah, it's important to set your own goals and achieve those goals and surpass those goals, whether that's 100%, 150%, 200%, whatever it might be. But what's that, what's that there for? To compare and to contrast and to show you where you align and what you're doing with others. And especially, right, as a sales leader, you probably know, like, if you have a rep that's doing 120% of quota, you want to kind of go find out what that rep is doing so you can share that with the people that are under 70% of quota and then see where the differences are or else you're going to go crazy, right? It's just madness for the sake of madness. There's no method to it, right? You take that data and you let that make your decisions and guide you on your path to figuring out what you should be looking at, why it's important, and then showing that story to others. So I think there is a level of comparison and contrasting that needs to happen between people around you or even people that you look up to, um, to where you can go, hey, this is where I was, this is where I am, or this is where they're at. What am I doing differently or what are they doing differently and how do I get there? Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's interesting about it. It's like there's the comparison game, but even comparison can be subjective, right? You can yeah. You can manipulate numbers. You can manipulate like all the different things, right? You can manipulate titles, right? I know people that are SVPs that are nothing more than a manager. I know managers that should be a VP. Like the title is its own thing to manipulate too. But when I think about greatness, I think about modeling, meaning being good at something. Okay, you're good at it. Greatness means other people should model themselves off of what you do, right? Because it's not not about like the title. It's not about the numbers, what you do. Right. The, if you're great at something, you're doing something different. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're not, if you're doing the same as everybody else, but your results are better, it means there's a different opportunity or the environment mm-hmm. is different. Right. And we got to address those things. And so let's break down some of these. I don't know if it's outside the box, but like some of the foundational things that you have seen that you believe lead to greatness. Right. Because if it was as simple as just telling people to be great. Everyone would be great. Mm-hmm. You got to change something to be great. So what are the things you've noticed about like the differences between people who are good and people who are great? But let's narrow it down to behaviors, not characteristics. Okay. So I, I think in, in terms of behaviors and mindset, just to lay out the context, I think people that are good and people that are great, the difference is the people that are good have a focus on being perfect. And you know how they say perfect is the enemy of good. I take it a step per- further and say perfect is the enemy of great. Because I'm not trying to be good. I'm trying to be great, right? So I think you have to stop putting a focus on being perfect. Uh, as you called out, there's a lot of thought leaders and a lot of gurus on the perfect cold call, the perfect email. This is this is what you should be doing, but not enough how, right? Not enough insight and instruction. So I think a big part of it is is eliminating that thought that I have to be perfect. I'm just trying to get better. Right. That's that's ultimately one of the key characteristics of someone who is great is they're just trying to be better, not perfect in terms of how they do that. um, I'll tell you the biggest one that I see from average sellers in terms of, hey, if I'd listen to a discovery call, I'd probably have a page of notes for you. If I looked at the sales process that you were running through a journey for a prospect that ended up becoming a customer, there are probably a lot of key areas we can improve upon that. What I think is different between them and others and how average sellers have become great is the preparation and the planning. How serious do they actually think about their goals? How do they track that? Do they have a habit tracker that they're actually running? Like how serious do they take those things? Are they creating smart goals for themselves in their personal life and their professional life every quarter? Are they tracking those goals? Are we even, you know, take time to make time. Are you even spending 15 minutes at the end of the day to prep, plan, and commit, right? Those are the important things that you can do and people think, oh yeah, like I I was there, 2018, I was there. I was like, nobody... 
nobody who's amazing spends all this time reading books and writing out their goals and doing daily affirmations and manifesting and believing. And then in, in t- late 2019, I said, you know what? I've been such a contrarian on this my entire life. What if I actually give it a shot? You know, don't knock it before you try it. I've been knocking it before I tried it. And then wouldn't you know it, broke into software as an AE, moved into a manager role eight months later, moved into a director role eight months after that. And then a year and a half after that, I moved into a head of sales development role because my life completely changed because I put a focus on my goals, tracking my goals, looking at my goals, doing review, journaling, doing daily affirmations, manifesting my beliefs, understanding that I deserve these things that I want out of life, and then putting the prep and the planning into place. Five minutes. What did I forget to do today? That should be my priority number one tomorrow. Fantastic. Five minutes. What are the things after that that I need to accomplish to be successful tomorrow? Then five more minutes. What am I thankful for today? How do I feel about today? What does that reflection look like? 15 minutes at the end of every day to do that. Even just doing that for two weeks at a time. Or if you like something like the Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod, find something either on the front Mm -hmm. or the back half of your day to actually put towards reflection and planning and preparation and you're going to, you're going to notice a change. Like that's what I notice between the people that are achieving things mm-hmm. that they feel proud about that other people try to model after between the people that just keep going for the sake of going. Mm-hmm. And it's I was one, I'm, I'm so glad you were willing to admit that you were a contrarian and then tried it mm-hmm. because it is, it's always been so interesting to me. Like it's such a funny thing in my opinion to be contrarian against, yeah. but people will like, no, you don't have to read, you don't have to set goals. You don't have to, Think positive. It's like, would you, why, why are we con- contrarian, right? Because contrarian means to be against it. Like, mm-hmm. doesn't mean you have to agree, but to be against it. And it does. It happens all the time. People are against reading. They're against goal setting. They're against gratitude. And it's like, that's not a worthwhile battle. Mm-hmm. That's, that's not even worth like that mental energy, right? So now let's keep going down this path, right? You mentioned goals. How do you do goals, right? Let's get now tactical into this, right? It's like, all right, people hear this again. Oh, set goals. How? How do you set your goals? Because I'm a big believer. I got my goals right here in front of me. I got my journal right here in front of me. I do it every single morning. How is, what's your process to set goals, whether that's quarterly or yearly? So I'm going to walk through what's worked for me. And I've tried a couple different things. Um, I always, as for those that might be listening and not, not um, watching, as there's a frame, productivity planner. I get it off Amazon. Um, it's like every, probably every two quarters or so. And it's very simple way to do. Oh yes. Yes, sir. There you go. See, like this is my brother sent me one of these and this is, this is the contrarian to me. My brother sent me one of these Christmas 2018. And I was like, dude, this is some BS gift that my brother who's a financial advisor is like, look at how successful I am. Here's your little thing to get better at your shitty life. I'm like, dude, buzz off. And then I actually started using it when I started working on my professional development and and trying to get better. Um, But I've tried a couple different planners. Some are really big where it's like, write your year goals, break them into monthly, break them into quarterly, break them into weekly. But there's just too much flipping back and forth. I like this one because it really keeps me in check on a weekly basis and it helps with my reflection. Um, Mm -hmm. I even like that it has Saturday and Sunday sections in there too, because some don't, they just have the weekdays. And I'm like, my life doesn't stop on the weekends. I'm still trying to get stuff done. Right. Um, In terms of goals, I just use this. I use smart goals as an easy way to track my goals and I break them down. I have an annual goal. For me, I have two different sheets. I have a, what I call a manifestation sheet. And it actually came out of the idea that I got from reading 
to the point of, oh, books don't work. One of the cheesiest books I ever read, which was called The Power of Consistency. And I call it cheesy because it's basically like a guy who went to prison, who ended up changing his life, this yeah. guy named Weldon Long, ended up getting Tony Robbins to co-sign his book. And it's kind of cheesy because it's not really a lot of how, it's just a lot of what and rah, rah, rah. But this idea I had about manifestations, consistency, and discipline, I created this manifestation sheet where I got these five buckets, legacy, financial, home, charity, all these different buckets, where I have this ultimate goal. And that ultimate goal is typically measured on a lifely life basis, right? Like home, like I have a vision of the type, like I want to own a ranch home, like a big, huge ranch with horses and all this. Yes. Stuff. That's not yes. going to happen right now at my age in my early thirties. But when I'm 50, I'm hope, hopefully that's the home that I hang my hat on for the rest of my life. Right? So like I have these big meaty goals because it keeps me focused on when I'm 50, 55, 60, what do I want my life to look like? Right? When I'm just hanging out, my kids are doing their own thing. And then in order to get there, I have broken them down into a 10-year plan. I have broken into a five-year plan. So it's kind of like a parent tree that just falls like all the way through to like column AA on the spreadsheet. And then separately of that, I have a monthly tracker that I try to track my annual stuff on. So I have, every year I start with an annual tracker and then it has monthly goals. And then I basically concoct those goals by using the SMART formula. And every, every year I try to have three professional goals and three personal big goals. And then obviously those get broken down into sub goals that I can work on in each quarter. Right. So maybe it's improve my financial health by X amount of dollars. If I just focus on that end goal, it's going to be pretty tough, but I break those down into quarterly and also knowing how my finances will shift. Right. For me as a person who works full time, but also does some stuff outside of that with the sales doctor. Q1 is a really big time for me because people are doing kickoffs and they're doing offsites and all these other things. Summer, downtime, really just my W2 income and whatever happens out of, you know, any like eBay reselling or something I might be doing to get rid of some old kicks, you know, like, but it's, it's, you really have to get granular with it. And I probably get more granular than most people need to need to, but the, the issue is that most people don't even know where to start. And I would say if you're interested in starting, just think about, hey, today, what do I want to accomplish by the end of the year? I want to think of one big professional goal and one big personal goal, and then two sub goals on how I'm going to dictate that that was successful that I got there, right? Improve my health. What does that mean? Losing weight and eating a certain amount of calories every, every day and getting to that goal because maybe I'm overeating on calories and I'm just stagnant or I'm gaining weight then figure out what those two sub goals are to that big meaty goal, but just try with one and one. And then the great thing about it is I didn't start building this massive spreadsheet and these plans out right away. This is three and a half years of work. You will build upon the plan, but start small and then go from there. And really just at the end for this quarter, focus on one big professional goal and one big personal goal and go from there. I love that. It's funny. I love that that book as well. And what was funny about that book, though, too, like as a takeaway for me, one, he does talk about having like the ranch, like, you know, yeah. like he's got his like mountain home or <laughs> whatever else. He's in Colorado, but I think. Also, yeah. the, the thing that always got me. Yeah. The thing that always got me about that book, though, is like, well, shit, if I had seven years to manifest too. That things like that part, I feel like got breezed over a little bit in the book of like he was the for anyone who hasn't read it, he was in jail for a significant period of time. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, yeah, like manifesting every single day for that period of time will change a lot of people's lives for sure. So that always like I always got a kick out of that. It's phenomenal, phenomenal. I mean, yeah. Why do you think? And so let's keep going down this path. Then. <laughs> Mm -hmm, right. Like when, like, you know, shoot, you know, back against the wall versus back on the floor of the casket. Like when you get to that point where you're against the wall, but you come out alive, you tend to do some things. Right. And he was able to change that 
mindset while he was there and then come out right his story even like with repairing his relationship like with this just all of that was just just such a good good read um so let's keep going down this path then so okay first it starts with the goals all right so i've got some goals Right, I've kind of mapped out, right? I do something very similar, like just a few buckets. I get, I've actually gotten better at narrowing, narrowing. I don't do 10 years. I do one in three. That's it. I have no idea what I'm doing in 10 years. No idea, right? But I also like to take 10-year goals and see, can I do them in three? Mm. So that would be my only advice to you on this yeah. call. That ranch, what would it take to do it in three? Just play with it. Just play with the idea of what would it take to do it in three and see what kind of ideas might come from that, right? So, okay, we got our goals. Then what? Right? Because a lot of people set goals and then they go in the drawer and then nothing happens. So, like, how do the greats treat goals differently? So, I've set my goals. Cool. Now, what do the greats do? Well, I think it's part of that conversation of you got to take time to make time. Hopefully, those goals are going to give you back some time in the long run. Right? If I'm living on that ranch, I'd imagine that my life might be a little bit happier and I am a little bit of a... I'm a bit of a vain person in that regard that sometimes possessions and things do make my life a little bit less stressful. Um, nobody, nobody, uh, nobody rich ever, ever said that the, you know, money doesn't buy happiness, but it sure does buy a Lambo, right? Like a little bit of that mentality. It does. And I'd be pretty, pretty happy driving 80 miles an hour down in Miami in a Lambo. But um, to that regard, mm-hmm. I think you have to make, you have to take time to make the time. And so it's all about actually putting time on your schedule to put towards your goals. So whether that's on you're working through Google, uh, Google Calendar for Saturday of every month, I'm going to do a 30 minute thing at 9 a.m. on Saturday. I'm drinking my coffee. I'm listening to my music and I'm going to do a review of my performance and my goals and where I'm at from the last month. And am I tracking to my quarterly goals? You have to think of it as serious as you think about your performance at work. And your sales, if you're especially if you're in sales, right, you're tracking your goals weekly and quarterly, but you have to schedule that time. And I think, unfortunately, a lot of people just don't do that or they create a vision board and it goes somewhere. Mm-hmm. And like to, to your point, you got to have them front and center. I know some people, um, there are a couple of account executives that I know when I was working at Pavilion, they'd have a big, huge uh, whiteboard next to their desk and they put post-its up there and they put post-its for weekly stuff. They put post-its for quarterly stuff and it was always in front of them, Right but you have to put it in front of you. My, you know, just as you pulled up from your desk, my productivity planner is right here. I cannot miss it every mm-hmm. day. It's in front of my work computer. It's the first thing I see every day. It's, it's there almost, uh, you know, leaning up against the computer, almost like a display case, right? You have to put them front and center and you also have to put the time to actually look at it because if you don't, you know, you're, you're, you're not really doing yourself any favors, but you have to actually schedule the time and you have to commit and follow through with it. And I think that's so key because what I like, and this is transitioning to the next point that we'll dive into is like, okay, prepare it, right? You have to plan to hit your goals. You have to take the time to do so, right? Like within my goals, I follow like the, what I call three by threes. What are the three things daily, three things weekly, three things monthly that I need to do to give myself the best chance to achieve those goals? And then I'm always making sure that those three by threes are scheduled, those three things daily, they got to be scheduled. Those three things weekly, they got to be scheduled because otherwise you're not going to do it. So talk to us now about like this prep, this plan, right? Because we both pulled up planners. We're talking about scheduling and things of that nature. Like talk about this planning process, this preparing process that I also very strongly agree. I, it's a big difference between good and great. You can, you can wing your way to good. You can. And you can rely on natural talent to be good. But to be great... You got to do a little bit more. So talk about this preparation and planning that you see people do. 
Yeah, I think for me personally, so I can only speak to what I do personally, because I don't like I'm not sitting there with these people that I know that I know do prep and planning and seeing what they do on a daily basis. But for me, the first the first step is it's really easy, especially depending on the game, unless it's a Steelers game Um, Sunday night. 30 minutes, just put the time on there to walk through your week. What do I have? What meetings do I have? What things do I need? Uh, What things do I need to have accomplished? What did I miss from last week? Just getting your business plan in order. And then once you have your business plan, so your requirements to keep your job, to make your, make your money, right. Then back your personal life into that. Okay. If I want to, and again, all this with a grain of salt, I'm not a perfect person. My, my physical health is not where it needs to be. And so there are some things I'm still struggling with myself to get where I need to go. So I'm saying this is someone who's accomplished other things and knows that he has other things to work on, but back your personal life into that. Okay. I want to go to the gym at least three times this week. I'm going to fit those buckets into where I need to based on what my requirements are for my job or my work, the thing that keeps food on the table for my family. But that, that Sunday night planning, so important in the mornings, I don't touch email or anything for the first minimum 20 minutes of the day. The first 20 minutes of the day, I'm working on things for me, whether that's, hey, get myself some breakfast, Mm -hmm. go meditate, do something, get yourself in the right headspace. One thing I've actually been trying to do, too, is they say you're more productive when you don't look at your phone for the first hour of the day. Unfortunately, I've not gotten to that part. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I wake up and half my team is in France. So I'm like, oh, my God, I got 18 Slack messages. And I'll like look at a couple of them real quick. But I'm like, no, you got to stop. You can't do that. Um, But those first 20, 15. Stop it. I'm telling you, dude, stop it. Yeah. Those first 15 to 20 minutes of the day, you really need to spend just on yourself. And that's not, hey, shower, go, go to the bathroom, shower, get some coffee. I'm saying go on a walk read something, journal something, write down the dream you had, whatever that might be, because your brain is so busy when you get up because you have, oh, my work stuff. If I have kids, oh, I got to get all my kids ready and stuff. Anything that you thought of in your dream, take those first 15 minutes to get all that out on paper somehow. Clear your mind. Sit on the back porch with your coffee, pop your headphones in, listen to some music, listen to a book. You know, I have different books depending on the time of day. In the morning, I can't listen to tactical stuff, man. I got to listen to something motivational, mm-hmm. like the power of consistency, I, atomic habits. I can't listen to really tactical stuff. Like I can't go listen to a bunch of sales objection handling at you know, six o'clock right. in the morning. I'm like, somebody for the love of Christ, please motivate me to get through this day a little bit more. You know what I mean? Um, and then at night, obviously, then when you wrap up your day, just start with scheduling 15 minutes every day to do those five, those five minutes of each. What did I miss today that I need to get done first thing tomorrow? After that's done, what do I have to get accomplished tomorrow? And then what am I thankful for today that happened? And that's really the big focus. And then obviously monthly, you know, you start looking at your goals from the last month. How did I accomplish those? Whether you want to do it on a weekday, Saturday, whatever, like that's irrelevant, but you need to track those monthly goals. How am I working on these? And then take double that time at the end of the quarter to look at your quarterly goals and see where you're headed, right? Mm -hmm. Both personally and professionally. But again, I think it's really about... However it works best for you, you have to take the time to make the time, but you definitely need to have a daily a daily routine on the front and the back half of the day where you're doing something other than what you're normally doing, whether it's meditating in the front half of the day and then at night you're doing the planning and prep or, you know, you want to read a book in the morning or whatever, like that's just going to make you more productive. It's going to make you it's going to put like intrinsic motivation on achieving other things. You're going to want more out of life like it's, it's a weird feeling. It's almost an intangible thing, but there's just something behind like being able to put a stamp on. I did something that 90% of people probably aren't doing, which is self-educating through books. Or I meditated this mm-hmm. morning, which a lot of people talk about, but maybe only 2% of people actually were able to accomplish. Like there's something very um, 
proud about that. And I think that helps drive momentum. You know, James Clear talks about habit stacking and driving momentum and Darren mm-hmm. Hardy and um, com- uh, the compound effect talks about momentum of habits effect, yeah. that that adds so much momentum to you being able to do a bunch of other stuff. So then in the middle of the day when you're getting a bunch of crap from, your, you know, your leader and you're like dealing with a bunch of stuff, you're like, you know what? I can I can do that, though. You know why? Because I meditated this morning. Like nobody meditates like good for me. Spot on. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So it's about those little those little tiny things, man, really end up stacking up very fast and adding. Like I said, you don't have to do the full plan that I have now. That took three and a half years. Start small and then you can grow from there. Continue to add test, recalibrate your process. What's working? What's not? KD, what do you do? KD, this is what I do. What would you recommend? Like you said, Chet. See if you can get that 10-year goal into a three-year goal. That's great, man. I'm going to – hell yeah, I want that ranch in three years, man. Let's go start looking at Montana real estate. That's what I'm going to tell my wife when she gets back from the park later today. Hey, let's let's mm-hmm. let's go look at that Montana real estate. Get yeah. those recommendations. Share that stuff with other people and, and learn a thing or two. And you might share a thing or two with someone as well. Mm-hmm. No, it's it's true, man. Right. Because, you know, what, what's the, the quote, right? Like our greatest fear is not that we you know we're fallible. Our greatest fear is that, you know, we're invincible beyond measure. Right. Like we can accomplish so much more than we realize. But then we do. We'll set these 10 year goals and then we're shocked when it takes us 10 years to accomplish them. Mm-hmm. Whereas because you when you have 10 year goals, you'll have 10 year ideas. Yeah. When you have three year goals, you'll have three year ideas. Mm-hmm. Right. If I told you you couldn't get the ranch if you didn't get it in three years, I bet all the ideas changed. Yeah. You have three <laughs> years to get it or it's gone. You have different ideas, right? And those are ways to approach it. Once it's in your head and you look for it and then you act towards it every single day. I think, you know, the Internet's always fun with quotes because, like, you know, they can attribute to them to whoever. Like, so this one gets attributed to Tony Robbins and... I think Brandon Burchard and a few other people, but like the concept behind most people drastically overestimate what they can do in a year and underestimate what they can do in three. Like even listening to you, man, three years ago, you were a contrarian against books and now you're name dropping some of the best of the best self dev books out there Mm -hmm. in three years. If I pulled up your experience again on LinkedIn, what you've done in your career in three years, Right. Where a lot of people want to do that in one. They're like, I should be a director now. Mm-hmm. I should be a director next year. And so they overestimate what they can do in one. But in three, AE, manager, director, head of, that's we underestimate what we can do in three years. Right. And focusing on that. And so when you touched on a good topic as we start to wrap here. It's like, what are some of those tiny habits? Right. So we've talked about goal setting. We've talked about prepping. We've talked about planning. We've done a little bit of like kind of manifestation. Like what are some of those other tiny habits that you've seen really attribute to, you know, greatness, whether that's for you or for people you've worked with? Like what are some of those tiny places people can get started? I think a big one is accountability. And I have not found a great way to make this work, but I have three direct mentors and I've signed habit contracts with them and they have access to my Mm. habit sheet. And if we meet on a monthly basis and yeah, I could go in and check all the boxes right on my, yeah. <laughs> I could do that. Yeah. I'm not going to, cause I really yeah. want that accountability, but if they look and they're like, oh, okay, you're not there. All right, sweet. You just want a $50 Amazon card. You know what I mean? I, I don't, yes. I don't know if like that works for everyone. And I, I wouldn't say that that personally is the most motivating thing, 
for me to accomplish these tiny little habits, but it is a little piece of all the little things that are in place that I remind her and go, Oh man, if I don't get this done, Brad's going to like give me shame about it. And man, I didn't get some stuff mm-hmm. done last month and I had to send him a $50 Amazon card. And that felt, I felt stupid for doing that because it's an easy thing to accomplish. Um, me personally, it's, it's, it's a little weird. I think, I don't know. It's like cheesy maybe, but you know, I have, I have picture of a picture of me and my wife and then a picture of my kids right next to me and like little things like looking at that, like it's just those tiny little things where you're like, like really, does anybody want to work all day long? No, I, we all probably wish we could be on Maui, you know, sipping my ties on the beach, but it's like looking at those things and going, I know the world that I came from, love my parents. They worked their butts off, but I had nothing growing up. And I'm like, the fact that my son gets one of those cool little Mercedes mechanic, mechanical electric cars that you can drive around. Like I always wanted one as a kid. My parents yep. like, we're not spending 200 bucks on one of those. The fact that I can do that for my kid and I yep. see him driving it around, he has so much fun running it into the, side, into, the, into the garage door. And it's so funny to him. Like that, that makes, that makes me feel so good. Right. So it's like those little tiny reminders and those mm-hmm. little tiny things um, on my, I, I build a vision board every year and it's the back. It's, it's the desktop wallpaper on my on my screen here and i was walking through it with my wife the other day and i was showing her i was like wow there's like two things on here that did not happen this year and the year's not over and it's mostly just towards mm-hmm. physical health because we had a kid last year and it's you know how it is when you have a kid that first year is really tough to get back on track and it's mostly just health stuff around working out religiously and upping my golf game but everything else uh you know speaking um building our backyard like we're building a new a whole new hangout spot in our backyard, a whole outdoor kitchen and everything. These vacation spots that I have, we went to every single one of these this year. Like we accomplished the majority of the things on here. The only thing I didn't accomplish were the personal things. And I think if, you know, I'm not getting enough time out there to go golf and perfect my swing, my, I'm probably spending more time with my kids. And so my wife's okay with that. Right. She's like, Hey, I'm okay. You didn't accomplish that goal. Now the weightlifting goal, maybe we want to work on that. The golf goal. I'm not so worried about, um, you know, I'm the best, I'm the best worst golfer out there. So like, I'm a terrible golfer, but if you threw me with all the other terrible golfers, I'd probably beat them, but I want to be like the worst. I want to be like the worst of the next level. You know, I'm trying to get into like that right, next level. Good you know? Yeah. Yeah. I want, I want to be able mm-hmm. to hang, you know what I mean? Like I can't hang with that group, yeah. but I think you, you, yeah. you know, you have to figure out what's going to keep you motivated and keep you going. And you have to surround yourself with those things. Cause you could make spreadsheets and goals and track things all day long. But if you don't know yourself and you don't know what's going to keep you going or the best way that you learn or you think, I mean, you got to figure out what that looks like. You know, I thought vision boards were cheesy mm-hmm. as hell. I did one this year and this is probably one of the best years I've had in my professional career. So even I was even a contrarian last year to a certain part of what is now a key part of my motivation and my oh, goal man. achievement, right? <laughs> I, I am, you know, what would be a, a potentially interesting exercise for you is where else are you holding on to that type of attachment? Permission-based openers. <laughs> ah, see, all right. There, that might yeah. be your place, yeah. right, to, to experiment with a little bit because yeah. any anywhere that we hold, you know, strong attachments against, right, it's always worth reviewing and going, mm-hmm. I wonder why. Why do I hold against it, right? Versus saying this way is better or or not, right? Because vision, there's so much around this. But it's fun to hear this this story and, and turn around because these are all things you know been doing for the last six seven years. Mm-hmm. My vision board is right there. My goals are right here. My planner is right here. My daily one sheeter right there. Like this is every my journal. It's over on the couch in my office right now. Like all those things, they you do it and it can change. And it sounds like we've got similar goals, man. Right? Similar. If I look at my goals. 
that I have right here, I will have hit about 80% of them. And the 20% that I missed on are on the health side of things, mm-hmm. right? Where like, it like, and I was doing well too. And then, you know, was on the road more than I thought I was going to be and all those things. And you go, okay, right. But this is the last part I want to wrap on this because what I've realized with the personal goals on there, the personal goals didn't have really strong whys. Yeah. Like, why do I want to become a better golfer? Also true. I'm taking lessons right now. I'm getting there. Why do I want to be 20 pounds lighter? Like they didn't have good whys. Whereas the income goal had a why. The travel goal had a why. The business goals had whys. So let's wrap up on that topic because you you dabbled on it real quickly, right? You know, you're looking at the picture of your, you know, of your your wife, of your kids. You've got the the visuals there. Talk about what has to be behind the goals. Because I think that's why a lot of people miss is the reason why they don't achieve their goals is they don't have a reason why they should achieve their goals. So let's mm-hmm. talk about that as we wrap up. Conviction. If I don't speak at that thing, that's less money in my pocket for my family. If I don't get sales doctor a little bit better off the ground, that's less passive income. If I don't build this awesome backyard hangout spot, that's me just not achieving what I want to be able to go after work, go outside, cook on the Traeger, go sit down and watch a game outside by the pool, right? Going to these vacation spots. I want to explore. I want to see the world. I'm convicted that that's going to make me happy. The golf swing, the golfing, I wasn't convicted behind that because I'm not an outside sales rep from the 80s, right? That's why those mm-hmm. those, those cats golf so much because that was where your sales were made. I'm not convicted. Yeah. Personal health, the weightlifting was not convicted. I'll tell you what, convicted as hell now because I saw a TikTok the other day and I'm not I'm not 400 pounds. I'm a little over 300, but I'm a big guy. I'm tall also. I, I have my strength still from high school and college sports. But I heard a guy on TikTok, a health doctor say, how many 60-year-olds do you know over 300 pounds? And the guy just was quiet. He's like, exactly, because they won't live that long. And I was Mm. like, oh, my God, that convicted me. I got 20 years to get my stuff together, right? Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? I got to drop about – I got to get down to that 250 mark at a minimum, right? So I got some work. I got about 52 pounds I got to get to, you know? And I'm convicted now. But I think when I look at the things that I didn't achieve, it was about conviction. It was like, I'll get to it. You know, I want to look better for my wife, right? I want to feel better. I want to be less tired. I want to be, but I didn't think about – shit, I'm going to die in 10 years if I don't get this thing under check. You know what I mean? I thought, I thought if I don't, if I don't build sales doctor, I'm not going to have any money to do anything with my family or to provide my family anything. That's, that's financial death, right? I was like, Oh, got to get that together. Right. Happiness, death. If I don't build this great backyard, if I don't go on these vacations, I'm not going to feel happy. I'm going to feel stressed and burn out. That was, that was the death of happiness. I pursued that, but death of physical self. Mm -hmm. I wasn't thinking about that, but now I'm convicted as heck. And you better believe I'm like, all right, we're figuring this stuff out. And this is a definite, this is like my main priority for next year. I'm not going to wait to next year to get started. We're putting some stuff in play now, but you better believe I'm convicted as heck now. You know what I'm saying? But I think it's all about conviction. Yes. And, and what you said, your why, no. and I didn't have a strong why for it. Mm-hmm. No, and I'll, everyone too, I want you to like rewind back 30, 60 seconds and listen to how his voice changed talking about this. That's conviction. You can hear when someone has conviction, when you ask people what their goals are, almost always when I ask someone what their goals are, I know whether or not they will achieve them based off how they even talk about them. Like, so like, what's your goals? You know, I want to lose some weight this year. Nope, you're not going to. Yeah. <laughs> I can already tell. I can already tell. You're No, you're not. Go- There's no conviction in that voice versus I got to drop some pounds. I got to drop some pounds this year. I, I got to lean out. Like now's the time. There's conviction. And if you're not talking about your goals with conviction, they're probably not going to happen. And you have to really take that step back and go, okay, if I don't have a good reason why, can I create one 
Or is that a signal that maybe this shouldn't be a goal right now? Maybe it's, and if it's okay to say, you know what, this is not a goal right now. Like for me, like, like maintaining was actually one of my major health goals this year. Yes, I want to lose some weight. But really, I was like, if I can just maintain this year, because I got some other big priorities that I'm working on. Yeah. So now as I come to that wrap up this year, I don't feel like I failed my health goal. I didn't make a lot of progress, but I didn't fail it because it wasn't like I wasn't trying to like lose this weight. Now that flips going into this next year as a primary focus. And so I love this, man. Like this is this is the stuff that I don't think people talk about enough or people have unjustified contrarian views against. Right. Where it's like, ah, just not going to do it. And then they just never find out how powerful this could be. Yeah. So a lot of this topic has pulled into this, but I got to ask you the last question that I ask everybody, right? Is like, cause the name of this podcast is live better, sell better. Cause I have this weird idea, right? That if we took better care of ourselves, had more energy, had more joy, fulfillment, goals, clarity, confidence, whatever, the sales would improve. We've kind of been talking about the whole time, but to wrap on this, what would your live better advice be to people listening? Don't take yourself so serious. I think people do that all the time. And we put so much pressure on things, whether we're in leadership or we're a salesperson. And it's like, dude, everybody misses quota. Sometimes anybody who said they has is full of crap. You know what I mean? You missed quota last quarter. Guess what? So did the majority of people out there because of what's going on. Like it's not, it's not a justification mm-hmm. for your failure. It's not a scapegoat, but it also shouldn't be the reason that you feel like you can't hit quota this quarter, you know? So I'd say mentally, like, you just got to realize that, like, hey, as long as you're not dead, you're doing pretty good. You know, like there are worse mm-hmm. things that can happen in the world. There are, there are worse things than being an AE at an enterprise company and missing your sales quota by 20%, right? We're seeing all this stuff going on in the world. Your life could be a lot worse. I'm getting to that age as a dad where I'm telling my 11-year-old when she complains about stuff, I'm like, oh, yeah, well, you know, you could live like where your mom lived when she grew up and all these things. Like, you don't know what rough is. You know what I mean? And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm mm-hmm. turning into that parent. But it's true sometimes. And, like, the kid doesn't see it. And that's just me kind of, you know having candid conversation with her and being silly sometimes, but it, it is ultimately true. There are a lot of worse things that can happen. And so I'd say mentally, like you kind of got to detach yourself from the outcomes and just really think about my inputs. Like, am I doing the right things though? Am I taking the time to make time? Am I tracking these goals? Am I focusing on my activity? And am I focusing on being diligent and strategic in my activity? You know, I'm not just pressing the buttons. That's the difference between a good sound engineer and a great sound engineer, like Mixed by Ali or Rick Rubin. They know all the little different things to do for each person. They're not just pressing the record button. But, you know, you just got to detach yourself a little bit mentally from those outcomes and realize Mm -hmm. that it could get a lot worse. So embrace what you have, but don't justify that as the reason for failure. Scapegoat. Try to focus on more. Mm-hmm. No, and that's that's the beauty of all this, man. It came full circle, like in our conversation, is the best do things differently. Mm-hmm. If you do the right things, generally the results will be there. Maybe not on the timeline we wanted the results to be there, but the results will be there if you do the right things consistently. But if you don't, right, and if you're not getting the results that you want, something has to change. Mm-hmm. And that's where I see a lot of people get stuck is they're not making what they want to make. Or they did miss the quarter this quarter, mm-hmm. but they don't change anything going into the next quarter. Yeah, And they go, whoa, I missed again. It's, but did you change anything? Right? If there's no change, nothing changes. And so it's making sure to pay attention to something in that process has to change. So, Chet, my man, this was phenomenal, dude. Where can people get more of you? Where can they learn about the sales doctor? Like, where are you putting out content? How can people get more Chet Lovegren in their lives? 
yeah, LinkedIn is the best place to find me. Chet Lovegren, AKA the sales doctor. I'm one of those, you know, oddballs that actually put the full moniker in there with the emojis and everything. So don't hate me. Don't hate the player, hate the game, right? I'm just playing the game, the content creation LinkedIn game. Um, And then on my LinkedIn, I have a link to my link tree, which has like, you know, my Instagram, my YouTube, the pot, the sales RX podcast, my TikTok. you know, whatever else you'd want to find. Probably the most other place I'm active is TikTok. Um, But I'm not like, I'm not like up there. I have like 400 followers. I just love creating the content. 60 second content is really cool. So LinkedIn's the best place. DM me. We'll link up. Um, you can also check out all the other stuff. It's linked right there. I love it, my man. Well, we will drop the, the links in the show notes and everything else. But Jet, appreciate you, man. The energy, the insights, the ideas here. And best of luck in that ranch, man. See, now I know what you want. <laughs> now I get to hold you to that a little bit. There you go. I'll have to fly, I'll have to fly you out. We can go riding horseback through the Montana mountains. <laughs> Let's go, baby. Let's make it happen. All right. Chat again soon, man. Thanks, baby.